Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Support for the Dan Patrick Show podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home is so much more than a house. It's your own little slice of heaven. That's why when you find the perfect place for you and your family, getting a mortgage shouldn't get in the way. Imagine how it feels to have an award-winning team by our side through every step of this process. It's awesome. Exactly what you get with Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Their team of mortgage experts obsessed with finding a better way, which means that their number one goal, make home buying process smoother for you. With industry-leading online lending technology developed in the heart of Detroit, Rocket Mortgage is changing the game. It's an award-winning client service and support every step of the way. Quicken Loans has helped millions of Americans achieve their dream of home ownership, and they're going to help you. Visit rocketmortgage.com slash Jan. Take the first step toward the home of your dreams. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Push button. Get mortgage. Napa know-how. Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat-worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. So if you had a third child, you'd do it again. Likely. (laughs) This is Dan Patrick. Hour two on this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We'll check in with the Dallas Mavericks. The head coach, Rick Carlisle, will join us. And since he played with Larry Bird, now coaching Luka Doncic, we'll ask him, what does Luka do better than Larry Bird right now at the ripe old age of 20, soon to be turning 21? The obvious comparisons. They haven't made. Remember, it used to be with Keith Van Horn. Oh. Keith Van Horn was the next Larry Bird, and I went, "No, no, he's not." But because it was a six-nine white guy who could, you know, run the floor and shoot threes, yeah, he's like Larry Bird. And I go, "No, no, he's not." About the same size and same same color. That was about it. That's where the similarity stopped. Yes, McLovin. As a Sixers fan, I can tell you, Keith Van Horn could neither run the floor <laughs> or shoot threes. Thank you, McLovin. Uh, I'm told we have a hot poll question for hour two. I didn't even know we had one for hour one. What was the hour one poll question, McLevin? We didn't have any poll for hour <laughs> okay. one. I don't know about said hot. Okay, what is poll the question. what is the hot one this hour? Okay, imagine you could sign up and get free tickets and travel to one of these two, and you can only pick one. The Super Bowl this year, not knowing which teams are in it, but you get a trip to Miami, hotel, tickets to the game, the whole shebang. Or... You get tickets and travel to New York City to see Eddie Murphy host Saturday Night Live, which has not happened since, I think, 84. Why are you so hot on this topic? I think a lot of people are hot on this topic. I don't think the Super Bowl – I mean – I think a lot of people are hyper-fired up for Eddie Murphy to host SNL. I didn't even know he was doing it until you told me. And and I have friends who work on SNL. For some reason, I'm not interested in – I, I would watch Eddie Murphy. I'd go to Saturday Night Live. But 
I don't find Eddie Murphy funny when he's Eddie Murphy. I find him extremely brilliant when he has all these other characters. Like I, it's weird when he's interviewed. I don't find him, you know, laugh out loud hysterically funny, but the characters that he provided in the movies, he's brilliant. Yeah, for two. I'm mainly concerned about the monologue because we remember the Eddie Murphy from Delirious and Raw and his wild, <laughs> yeah. uh, shiny sweat outfits and everything like that, sparkly. And maybe we, you know we're living back to the '80s, but I don't know—is he going to try too hard? Is he gonna, I don't think he'll crumble under the pressure, but. I'm more looking forward to the skits. I don't know if the monologue is going to come anywhere near living up to what people may want. But also, again. with Eddie Murphy, you can't top yourself. I, I don't know what this is like, though, for somebody as brilliant as, as he is. You know, but you got to be funny, but you got to be even funnier than you were. Be, like, people are going to go, okay, let me see. Oh, you know, like Sandler went back, and Sandler hosted, and Sandler was so nervous because he told me that. He was so nervous because he he just didn't know if he was going to be funny enough for people. And Eddie Murphy hosting Saturday Night Live, is he going to do Gumby? Is he going to do Buckwheat, uh, Mr. Robinson's Neighbor? Like, it, if he does those characters, or does he say, you know, I did those, I don't want to do those anymore? I'm just curious what characters he plays on Saturday Night Live. Yes, he Right, there's got to be a lot of pressure to figure out which ones you're bringing back and are you going to do it good enough? I mean, isn't that's got to be what has kept them secluded all this time, right? It's the pressure to live up to what everybody expects. And, you know, Dolomite, he got great reviews, that movie. Um, My name is Dolomite. I think it's on Netflix. And it's based off a real character out of the 70s. And he got really good reviews there. But I I don't – I guess he's going to do another stand-up act uh, – I, I think. Is that right, Todd? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got a deal. But do, do you risk doing new things, or do you go to the old reliable, like when you go to a music concert, you want to hear the hits, and maybe you want uh, you know, want that revisited, some of his famous characters that he's done over the years. And yeah, I know. It, it, you know, can you do, because of the success of the Tom Hanks movie, you know, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, could he? I thought it would be great if you had Tom Hanks as a guest cameo. Oh. And do a Mr. Rogers, Mr. Robinson, and those two are together. Are you, call, are you calling it? Is that going to do that? I'm going to call that. Nice. That's yeah. a great prediction. Yeah. And Lizzo is going to be the musical guest, and she's entertaining as well. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not looking forward to this. They, I have an Eddie Murphy image in my mind, like, like trading places, coming to America, where he was just – he was brilliant. I just get worried sometimes where – you know, you start to see, like, he did comedians in cars getting coffee with Jerry Seinfeld. And it, and it wasn't laugh out loud funny. Like, it wasn't just two great comedians getting together and just talking uh, and, and making each other laugh. Like, I, I don't know. I, I wanted more out of him or expected more out of him. And I think he just probably wanted to just chill. Yes, he. Well, that, right. We're used to seeing Eddie Murphy and all of his characters, and he's so, you know, outlandish or whatever. But then when you actually just see how he really is, and he's like, yeah, just <laughs> sit and have breakfast, and I you know, like a grapefruit. Uh, yeah. And he's, like, so mild, you know, and that it's the exact opposite of, of his characters. I don't know if he wants to perform. Certain comedians want to perform. Whenever they're around you, they want to perform. And I just get feeling that Eddie's just like, hey, man, I'm Eddie Murphy. I don't need to perform for anybody. Yeah, Paul. I was just recently reading the SNL book about Eddie Murphy, uh, the Jim Miller book, and he was 19 when he first appeared on SNL. And his first ever appearance, they were doing a, a show, a live show, and they were six minutes short. 
in a live show, and they went up to Eddie. They said, can you come up with something? Because he had this bit that was playing all week, and, and with, like, five minutes of heads up, he ran out and finished the show and did, like, a monologue. And that was his first oh, appearance. Wow. And then the producer said, oh, we got something, because he nailed it, and then they brought him in ever since. I mean, if you want to put it up there, I'd be curious if people want to go. We don't know the teams, obviously, in the Super Bowl, but you're going to Miami. Would you rather do that or go to New York City and see Eddie Murphy hosting Saturday Night Live? Yeah, Todd. I'd love to be in on the meetings and the rehearsals as to what, you know, maybe they pitched some things. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not doing that. And just, you know, things of that nature where there's certain things that they thought for sure he'd be into. And all of a sudden he's shooting them down and they had a whole different image you know, Lauren Michaels and everybody as to what he was going to do and what he's willing to do. It's such a long week there. And they talk about the early, you know, the early part of the week for the writers there when they're pitching things. And you're staying up all night, and it's just a grind there. You imagine you're working on a couple of bits, and Eddie Murphy is in there, and you're going, all right, stay with me here. I got this idea. And you're, you know, like 60 seconds into it, and you'll go, next. Nah, I don't like that. And they're like, oh. Because that's what, ha- you know, it's brutal in there. You can even have a skit that makes rehearsal. Because rehearsal is what you want to go to. That's the great secret about Saturday Night Live is you get to go. You see more skits. Uh, you get to see a, behind the scenes a little bit more with it of what's go, you know, is going on. Because they're rehearsing for doing it live. And there are skits that don't make it. They'll go like, all right, let's try it. And then they're going, nope, we're cutting that. Yeah, see. You'll even get different punchlines for things, too. Like uh, Weekend Update, they'll do the same story, but it might be a different punchline yeah. in rehearsal than they actually use on the show. It's pretty cool. Yeah, Paul. I got to go years ago, and Jonah Hill was hosting. Yeah. And the people who were the fans or the, uh, in the uh, show, the rehearsal, come walking out. And everyone in line to go in is like, how was it? And like, we can't say anything. We can't say anything because they're being told yeah. you're going to get in trouble. They have everyone's name and contact who goes to the rehearsal. But they said, you won't believe the open. And the open was uh, Jonah Hill's doing his piece. And all of a sudden, he kind of jabs at uh, Leonardo DiCaprio saying, yeah, he's a good actor. I'm a good actor. And all of a sudden, DiCaprio comes walking out and does a bit with him. And they didn't want it spoiled because nobody knew DiCaprio was going to be there that night. Yes, sir. And the best thing is when they start laughing and they can't hold it together in the middle of a bit, as long as the bit's funny. Because then you're just laughing at something, and if it's not funny, it's a disaster. But I love when they just can't hold it together, like Keenan Thompson or someone, they just start giggling. Will Forte. Wasn't it Peyton Manning when he had a a bit and then they couldn't couldn't keep it together? I'm I'm thinking it. I I don't know what the bit was, but it felt like they weren't they in the locker room. Oh yeah, yeah, he's playing the he's a coach. Yeah, Peyton Manning. Well, Jimmy Fallon did it all the time, but that one yeah, Bill Haley lost it on that sketch. Bill Haley's in it. Cowbell, they lost it pretty bad too. Jimmy Fallon loses it quickly. Yeah, Horatio Sands and Jimmy Fallon would lose it all the time. Yeah, (laughs) actually, like sixty percent of his bits were just him (laughs) laughing on the side and not being able to do his lines. All right, if you want to put that up as the poll question, McLovin, I'm fine with that. Good? Yep, just put it up. Okay. I was thinking about this with uh, National Signing Day yesterday, even though it's not officially National Signing Day, but it certainly feels like they've hijacked it. And you look at the Final Four, it features three quarterbacks who transferred. LSU's Joe Burrow. uh, Georgia's Justin Fields was at Ohio State. Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, of course, transferred from Alabama. So three of the four Heisman finalists weren't starters on their first uh, team that they went to. And there's a lot of reasons for that because backup quarterback's a funny position. 
quarterback's a funny position. You can't rotate in your backup. Alabama tried that with Hurts and Tua. And you're going to have these quarterbacks who are going to go to college. They're going to be committed to some colleges. They're not going to end their careers at those colleges. And chances are Oklahoma will get another transfer here. Uh, you know, LSU, do they get another transfer here? I know we get caught up where we go, who did we get? And then you go, oh, we got a five-star, and we got some four-stars, and got a three-star. And, you know, if LSU doesn't have Joe Burrow, I don't think they're playing for a national championship. Ohio State, you know, you have your quarterback being drafted in the first round, and you needed a quarterback right away. And I think they had Tate Martell, and then he transferred to Miami where he was either a wide receiver or quarterback. I don't know if he's still there. Georgia has had a couple of guys come through, and, you know, they've had to transfer. So you've had two top recruits, one go to Washington and one go to Ohio State, because these these great schools, they get greedy. Like Oklahoma has a couple of really good quarterbacks backing up Jalen Hurts, and they're young, Mordecai and Rattler. But you have these situations where they don't want just one four- or five-star quarterback. They want two. If they can get three, they love that. Which brings me to USC. USC kept Clay Helton. Alumni didn't like this. They needed a splash in recruiting. And uh, the immortal words of a former Sports Center anchor, the whiff. I think they ranked 12th in the Pac-12. Not in the country. They should be 12th at, at worst in the country in recruiting. They're 12 out of 12 in the Pac-12. And I don't know who you blame this on. Clay Helton's going to get the blame. But the fact, like, like, would I want to go into that situation if I was a top recruit? As much as I would love to play in Los Angeles, wear those colors, have that tradition, I wouldn't want to go into that situation right now. Because it still feels like Clay Helton is coaching for his job. Hey, we're bringing him back. It, it took us four days to decide to bring him back. And if I'm a high school player, I'm going, I, I, I need a little more stability here. I want to know who my coach and my offensive coordinator are. Who's in front of me? What do we have here? Unless you're a recruit and you go, man, I might as well go to USC. I got a great chance of starting. They're not bringing in any good players. Now, the previous year, and they've had some really good recruiting years at the talent position, but when you're 12 out of 12 in the Pac-12, handwriting's on the wall there. And I, I do. I feel like Clay Helton, and I don't want anybody to lose their job. And I'm not calling for that. I was surprised they brought him back. I'm glad he gets another chance because they did play well at the end of the season. But this is a situation where you go, you're not recruiting, and they sort of, kind of wanted you back. Doesn't bode well there. Gus in Los Angeles joins us. Uh, joins us. Hi, Gus. Hey, Gus. Gus. Yes, sir. Good morning. Thank you for taking my phone call. Hi, Gus. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, I just wanted to quickly uh, touch base about the USC thing. Is that not only did they rank 12th. They ranked 76th in the country behind schools like Middle Tennessee State, Bowling Green, and I, you know, name me another lost for God's state or school where you don't know where they rank, where they are in the country. 
There are 300 kids in the ESPN top 300. You know how many of those USC got? Zero. Zero. You know how many of those kids reside in Los Angeles? 20. Not one kid from Los Angeles. McLovin has a better chance of being recruited to play at Utah than we have of getting a kid <laughs> in Los Angeles. You know, yes, I'm being arrogant because I'm a Trojan. Because it's like, yo, this is USC. You just touched about it. The pageantry, the history, and everything. We can't get one kid? You know, you're right. I don't want to call for nobody to lose their job. But come on. This is USC here, and we just whiffed on 300 kids, 20 of those in the backyard. And this is embarrassing more than anything. I wish you could call and talk about how much of an idiot Andrew Friedman is blowing the Dodgers offseason. But this is more embarrassing. When you've got everything at your in your palms right here, man. All right. Well, thank well, you, Gus. I certainly feel your pain. And the Dodgers offseason isn't over if they're able to make that trade for Mookie Betts. Although, I wonder if the Red Sox like. Do you really want to be the team that traded away Mookie Betts? Because I love me some Mookie, and I don't know what the Dodgers would give up to get Mookie Betts. But like David Price, I would try to move Mookie Betts. I would not. All right, uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address, dp at danpatrick.com. As I mentioned, Rick Carlisle, the Mavs head coach, will join us. Sal Palantonio will preview the Cowboys and the Eagles. We had Ron Jaworski on. Jaws didn't agree with me. I think this is Carson Wentz's Super Bowl right now. This is the biggest game of his pro career. you got to beat Dallas. You're at home, got to beat Dallas. And just get into the playoffs. That's all you want to do. It's like everything will go away. If the Cowboys get into the postseason, then all of a sudden it's like, okay, exhale a little bit here. You're going to host a playoff game here. And it feels like you just hit the reset button, and then maybe you make a run. And they do have more talent to make a run than the Eagles do. And I, this is close to a pick em game. Yeah, McLovin. I think people give Carson a, a pass because of the injuries, though, because he's down to, like, practice two practice not wide receivers. No, but it, yeah. this is the most important game that I he's agree played with that. I mean, I, I know he doesn't have a lot of help there. I totally agree, but I think they'll be okay with I don't think they'll full-on murder him if he loses. They'll blame No, him no, no. Him. I'm not saying right. that they should be critical of him. Uh, but no, you're I, absolutely right. He doesn't have a game like this. He's never had his back against the wall where he's been on the field. This is a playoff game. Yeah, he's never been in this situation at all. And so I'm just talking about the importance of it. It's not, oh, if they don't win, then people are going to be hypercritical. I think they realize what he has on the offensive side of the ball or what he doesn't have. But the importance of the game, you know, it's just like Brady. It's the importance of the game. When you get to the playoffs, oh, you don't have Edelman. You don't have Gronk. You know, okay, so... It's still on you. You know, and that, that's where sometimes you see magic with these guys, and other times you don't. Carson Wentz, this is the biggest game of his pro career. Yeah, McLeod. Right, like in the past, Philip Rivers has not stepped up. No, in that he has spot. Not. not to be me, and Kirk Cousins hasn't stepped up yet in that spot. Yes, and, and that's why we look at them differently. We don't look at them as, you know, Hall of Famers or elite quarterbacks because they haven't stepped up in those situations. All right, we'll take a break here. More phone calls coming up. Got our poll question. Got another stat of the day on the way. Uh, we'll make the comparison. Luka Doncic and Larry Bird with Rick Carlisle joining us next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Okay, this is just a 30-second commercial, and I'm going to throw a lot of numbers at you, but please, please stay with me. In just 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. The company that has been offering you great rates and great service for 75 years, it's Geico. I've been using them for a long time myself. And anytime you need help, you can speak to one of their trained specialists 24-7. 
no recordings. The company, Geico. Go to geico.com today. Sorry for all the numbers, but I've been a fan and a customer of Geico for a long time. And in five, four, three, two, one, I'm out. Napa know-how. Right now, only at Napa, AAA members get a 20% discount. So you can avoid getting stranded on the side of the road by picking up some quality parts like batteries, brake pads, and more. Meaning you can prevent the problem before it ever becomes a problem. Bravo. That's 20% off for AAA members. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, exclusions apply. May not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 33120. Five-hour energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. Continental Tire, Coach's Corner. Proud to be the exclusive tire of the Dan Patrick Show. No matter where you drive, what you drive, how you drive, Continental has a tire for you. He's the head coach of my Dallas Mavericks. He's uh, Rick Carlisle, joining us at Continental Tire, Coach's Corner. Good morning, Rick. How's your shot right now? <laughs> my shot is well, Dan. How about, you? how about your shot? It's good. It's good. I, you know what? I, I'm obsessed with perfecting it. Even at my age... I'm still looking for the perfect shot. Yeah, you should watch uh, Dirk Nowitzki's documentary. Um, it's called uh, Nowitzki, Der Perfect Wurf, which means Nowitzki, the perfect shot. It's very interesting. Do you think that's the best shot you've ever seen? Perfect shot? Well, the numbers don't lie on that one. I mean, the guy's scored 32,000 points, and he probably scored two thirds of them on jump shots. So I got to, and, and and most of the, a lot of those shots were contested. So I got to believe it's, if it isn't the greatest, it's certainly one of the greatest. Yeah, because I I love having this discussion because there are a lot of great shooters in the history of the game. But if you were going to teach somebody the perfect jump shot, and I I look at Ray Allen, um, Clay, and if I take away Dirk. Whose shot would you say, I want you to study that, that's the perfect shot? Wow. I think there's about three or four guys you could just kind of equally look at. Uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Um, you know, Reggie Miller was one of the greatest shooters of all time, but he had a, a little bit of a of an, an, uh, an unusual release. Um, Larry Bird, you know, was one of the great shooters ever. And I know I'm missing some guys, um, but, hey, you know, it's it's a great discussion for sure. Well, also, now I look at the Greek freak. He's adding that three-point shot to his repertoire. It's not going to be fair if he becomes a knockdown three-point shooter, Rick. It, it may not be fair now. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, you know, one of the things I do on the road is, you know, I, I go out and watch – teams warm up early just watch you know kind of some of the routines and just try to get a feel for what's going on out there and uh yeah i saw Giannis out there before the game uh three nights ago um working on the three and he he made about eight or nine out of ten and i was just i was just shaking my head and covering my eyes going oh no you know and then he hit the first then he hit the first one he took that night yeah um 
you know, and then he missed a few. So, you know, we got we got a little lucky there. But, uh, you know, with his with his ability to kind of create downhill situations and Eurostep and avoid charges and get contact, and now he's, you know, he's making free throws consistently. Man, oh, man, what a player. He also uh, referred to LeBron, they play tonight, as an alien. Is Is there anything LeBron could do where you would say he's now the best player who ever played the game? Oh gosh, you know these debates and discussions. Um, you know they 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 turn and they turn and work the media cycles. You know as we all know, and I and I understand why you're talking about. It. I I will never engage in any of those absolute conversations because you know as time goes on, you, you get into more of these discussions. And I found this over the last couple of years. You know. Because we had Dirk here, and, and Dirk was always—I was always being asked about where, where he is on the, on the, you know, on the total scale of great greatness and great players and stuff like this. And you know, you know, and who are the top five ever? And then, <laughs> and, then and, and then, and then you get—you know—people get into these discussions, and you don't even hear Bill Russell's name or Will Chamberlain's name. You know, it's 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 crazy. And so, I don't know. And you know, LeBron is definitely in the top tier. There's no question about that. But but who do you who do you disclude? from the from the top tier you know and i'm not and i'm not going there i'm just not going to do it (laughs) if i if somebody didn't see larry bird play and you were describing him in his prime how would you describe it um the ultimate the ultimate winner the guy he he was a guy that had um, an, an iron will and iron will to win and his his moods um we're only geared toward winning and losing. And, and the, other, the other guy that I've been around a lot who was very, very much like that was Jason Kidd. You know, he, he just, you know, winning was the most important thing. He didn't care about stats at all. You know, if you look at Bird's um, stats for his career, um, you know, they're, they're spectacular um, compared to, you know, a lot of players. But – the thing that the thing that stands out the most is, you know, he was a two or three time MVP. He was a multiple Finals MVP. Um, and then you look at the other things. He was a Rookie of the Year. You look at the other things he did. Um, he became NBA Coach of the Year. He became NBA Executive of the Year. <laughs> I, I believe, I believe, if you look at all of those different honors, and you look at First Team All NBA, and you look at All Star appearances, and winner of the three-point contest in its initial stages, I don't think you'll find a more decorated um, person in NBA history than Larry Bird. He's done He's done it all. And he was pretty good at trash talking. He was, one of, the, he was one, of the very, one of the very best, yes. What's the best one you heard with Bird? Um, I don't remember which year it was, but uh, <laughs> he and Ainge, I think, were both in the three-point contest together. Yeah. And Larry Larry won the won the uh, won the contest, and then one one day we got on the bus and we were on the bus for a few minutes, and Larry said uh, to Ainge, he goes, "Hey, Danny," and Danny goes, "Yeah, Larry." He goes, "Who's the three point king?" <laughs> you know, you know, it's like it's like you know, it's like you know, stuff like that. And, and you know, I, I can't really do justice to the exchange, but yeah. it, it was, you know, it's just. And, and when you get into you see, the, the great players of all time and 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 trash talking and, and innuendo and and context of stuff, I mean, 
you're going to come up with some great one-liners, you know, across the board, you know, with all these guys. I still love the Xavier McDaniel story. That, and I don't, I don't think you were with the Celtics at the time, but he he told X Man. I was, I was with him. Oh, okay. I was with him. So he, that's a true story, right? He says to X. I'm I'm gonna get the ball right here. I'm gonna turn around. I'm gonna shoot. I'm gonna shoot the uh, right in your face. Basically, am I paraphrasing here, Larry? Uh, no, that's exactly what happened. And <laughs> I, the reason, one of the reasons I remember it so well is it's one of the it's one of the few games I actually played in in my NBA career. So I, you know, I had a, a little bit a little bit more of a of a uh, of an exacting memory of it. But uh, yeah, no, we were in Seattle, end of a road trip. Um, we actually got way behind. Casey Jones threw threw a bunch of us in there, and we got hot and got the game within a possession or two. And then, uh, you know, the starters went back in, and, and I think it was tied, or we were down one. I don't remember exactly which, but uh, you know, Larry, Larry Larry came in. Larry walked down to the floor, and he said, uh, "Hey, X." He goes, "I'm gonna get the ball right over there. I'm gonna shoot over. There's nothing you can do about it." And he got it and shot it and made it. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's uh, Rick Carlisle, the Mavs uh, head coach, joining us. First time you saw Luka Doncic on film, what did you think? Well, I thought this guy is really skilled. Um, he's very unique. You know, the, the again, I use the word context. The context of the film, it was it was hard to tell everything about him because um, of the level of competition he was at, which wasn't, it wasn't NBA competition. It was, it was high level European competition. Um, He was playing a lot of point guard, but not all point guard. Um, And, you know, this is a, this is an ongoing discussion, you know, how this guy ever slide to the third pick. And, uh, you know, my, my general manager's, the only guy that had consistently told me going back to, you know, probably two years now that as we headed toward the 2018 draft and this is Donnie Nelson. He said, I said, look, I said, look who's, who's the best player? Because, you know, we were going to be, we were still in a rebuilding mode. We were, we were not going to have a great record. You know, this was going to be a discussion. He said, Doncic is, he goes, and it's not close. I said, really? Okay. And, 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 and you know, he, it tur- as it turned out, he was absolutely right. But then he goes to Cuban and says, hey, we gotta, we got to make this trade. we got to get this guy. Well, there was, a, there was a window of opportunity right before the draft started. Uh, Atlanta was willing to, to swap picks, um, assuming that, you know, our guy was there at three and their guy was there at uh, – at five, and so, um, you know, we made the deal, and you know, I think I think we're, we're we're ecstatic about the deal. You know, they got an extra an extra pick out of it, um, and I think they're very happy. You know, with with where they're at too. Uh, I can't speak to how they feel about about Doncic in particular, but uh, you know, when you do when you do deals with teams, you you want you always want to do well on the deal. But the best deals are when, are when they're good deals for both teams. You're also looking at a situation where I don't know how much it helped him. If he had played college, let's say he played at Duke for one year, would he be as advanced as he is now because he played against this European competition for 
you know, what, three or four years prior to joining the NBA? Well, it's a hard question. I, I think the I think the the real answer is that you know had he come out of you know the systems over there are so different, Dan, because they you know the kids start playing club with club teams at age thirteen, fourteen. And it's just it's, it's a it's a question or matter of which which level of the of the club system you're at. You know, he was he was signed to Real Madrid at a very young age, like you know, 13, 14 or something like that. And he was, he was with them for several years. Um, and, you know, once you get in, once you get in that system, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no real situation where you drop out of it and go to college. I mean, in almost all cases. And so, you know, had he, when he was of college age done that, um, I don't know if he if he would have been eligible for college because he he'd already been playing professional. So it's it's probably more of a moot discussion. But hmm. had he had he gone to um, you know had he been in in the American system and gone to high school and then gone to college, you know it's it, it's very very hard to say because you know those three or four years that he spent with Real Madrid. Um, you know, he wasn't playing a whole lot, but he was playing with some of the great players in Europe at the time, a few of the greatest players in European history. Um, he was playing against those guys every day. It was a very, very serious winning professional situation. And that really, you know, that really prepared him for NBA basketball. You know, social media and the impact that it has on the game now you know, you obviously didn't have that when you guys were playing, but is social media, does it, it is it going to put more pressure on Luca? He's got a lot of, he's got millions of followers here. So does that play a role at all? Or are you aware of that as a head coach? Well, I'm, I'm aware just from the standpoint that, you know, I know he has 3 million Instagram followers. Um, and I know that his followers, you know, love watching him they love watching highlights they love watching step back threes um and you know all all that said you know you do the math and you do the calculation you know it just it creates a, a lot a lot of demand for him to generate highlights and and to do those kinds of things you know fortunately for us you know he doesn't have to go out of out of the norm very much. I mean, he just kind of plays that kind of game anyway. But it is a different world now. Um, everything happens, you know, really in real time. Um, if we pretend that, that that's not how the world's working, you know, we're fooling ourselves. And so this 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 all factors into the equation for today's young players. And, um, you know, I'm always, you know, adapting to – you know, the changing environment in the world of basketball. Um, you know, you always, as a coach, you always try to stay ahead of it as much as you can. But, you know, so, sometimes you, you you simply got to absorb and adapt. And, uh, you know, it's it's such a different world now. But it's very, very exciting because the game has never been more exciting. And we've got some young players that are just, you know, so dynamic, um, obviously Doncic included. I also, I, I used to say this about Brett Favre. It felt like he needed degree of difficulty. Like, you know, sometimes the game comes to you a little too easy. And I wonder about with Doncic if it it's gonna it comes too easy and then you get bored to a certain degree and you want to try new things there. Do you do you caution him with that or is that 
you know, something that I'm sort of pulling out of the sky? No, it's a factor. Um, and this was this was something that happened with Bird, you know, on the floor. Um, yeah, he just yeah, – and look, you know, our teams, our Boston teams, when I was on the team during the, the you know, 85, 86, 87 – you know, they were dominant teams. They were 60-plus win teams. Um, there, there were a lot of nights where you were just simply going to win the game because, you know, you had more talent and, and, and you had you had guys that, that were really geared toward toward winning. And, and you know, Larry, Larry would go into a creative mode a lot of times just because, you know, he, he did get a little bored. And um, it's something that happens with great players. I mean, um, and it's and it's something that happens with Luca, and I and and I have talked to him about it. I acknowledge it, and I also acknowledge that, you know, he is an artist on the floor. Um, he is a perfor- performer on the floor, and the thing that I'm uh, I'm always reminding him is that you know he he is an artist, um, but he's he's paid to win, and he and he is paid to entertain. But ultimately, you know, winning winning is the most important thing. But as a 20-year-old guy, you know, he understands that. <laughs> he really does. And, and his moods, like Larry Bird's, like Jason Kidd's, you know, are, are far more influenced by winning and losing than anything else. And that's that's a really exciting fact. Didn't Bird shoot left-handed for an entire game against Portland? Well, it, it didn't quite go like that, okay. I think. <laughs> I, I remember because I was there, and it was and it was at a time when um, you know McHale was still coming off the bench, and uh, so he had he scored the first eight points of the game left-handed, <laughs> and, and, Jer- and Jerome and Kersey was guarding him at the time, and 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 I remember this because we had a great trash talking team. I mean, we had ML Carr, we had McHale, we had Bird, we had. Um, you know, Ainge was a yacker. I mean, we we just we we had we had guys with with great creativity with that, and and, and I'll never forget it. Mikhail yells out, "Hey, Jerome, wait till you start shooting right-handed." <laughs> you know, I mean, but like you, you know, you're talking about you know, you're talking about one of the great, the great obviously great players, great competitors. Um, but Bird was a great artist too, and and you know. You know, I think I think LeBron James is is that. I, you know, uh, Kobe Bryant was a, was an amazing artist on the floor. You know, Doncic is certainly um, one one of those guys as a as a great young player. Um, you know, there's a lot of them. I mean, look, Trey Young is a is a great young talent. He does some amazing things out there. You look at what Harden's doing. I mean, you you just go you could just go right, right down the list. And the NBA is so blessed. It's great to talk to you, Rick. We appreciate your time. Love the stories, and uh, thank you for joining us. All right, Dan. It's my pleasure. Take care. That's Rick Carlisle joining us. The Continental Tire Coaches Corner. And uh, in case you're wondering, he has dressed up as Jim Carrey for Halloween before, because you know there was a mo- there was a time when you looked at him and you went, man, he looks like Jim Carrey, maybe cable guy Jim Carrey. But uh, yeah, I think one year, like three or four years ago, he dressed up as Jim Carrey for Halloween. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll get the phone calls coming up. Update the poll results as well. 
Sal Palantonio will join us a little bit later on. We'll preview the Cowboys and the Eagles. Back after this. If you purchase supplies for a business, you know it's nearly impossible to find everything you need in one place. And that's why there's Zorro.com, where the number one goal is to make your life easier. Zorro.com, that's Z-O-R-O.com, is where you'll find everything you need for your businesses of any size and almost any industry. Zorro.com has tools and equipment, safety and office supplies, cleaning supplies, and more. Zorro has tons of stuff for industries like electrical, plumbing, contracting, manufacturing, and more. You'll find brands you know and trust like Stanley, 3M, Milwaukee, Schneider, and Rubbermaid, just to name a few. Zorro.com offers amazing customer service from real people based in the United States. You'll also enjoy fast, free shipping of orders of $50 or more. Even if you don't have a business to shop for, you can still find lots of great items at Zorro.com. Visit Zorro.com slash Dan to sign up for a Z-mail and get 15% off your first order. That's Zorro.com slash Dan. Sign up for the Z-mail and get 15% off your first order. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Napa know-how. Right now, only at Napa, AAA members get a 20% discount. So you can avoid getting stranded on the side of the road by picking up some quality parts, like batteries, brake pads, and more. Meaning you can prevent the problem before it ever becomes a problem. Bravo. That's 20% off for AAA members. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, exclusions apply. They're not be combined with other offers. Offer ends 331.20. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. We were just talking to Rick Carlisle, the Mavs head coach, and uh, I remember the game against Portland where Bird was shooting left-handed. And imagine if that happened now. A player said, hey, I'm going to go out there and play left-handed, and he announced it. Let's say LeBron because he's polarizing. If, if LeBron said, hey, I'm, I'm going to play left-handed tonight, and, I, and he, let's say he gets 40 points, I'd love to know what the media would say about that after the fact. You know, Bird had a great relationship with the media, or the media loved Bird. I don't know if Bird had a great relationship with the media, but he was playing left-handed against Portland. Yes, Todd. With social media now and Twitter and everything, I'd have to believe, especially someone like LeBron, who's so polarizing, there'll be a lot more negative about being arrogant and, you know, you know, we know you're great. Why do you have to, like, put that in someone's face and say and, you're going to do that? And Bill Walton said, uh, Larry told all of us, the media even, tomorrow night, Last night of the trip, I'm going to play this one left-handed. At the end of three quarters, he had 27 points left-handed. He did have an explanation after the game when he was asked why he played left-handed and shot left-handed. I'm saving my right hand for the Lakers. 
because they played the Lakers the, the next game. So Bird played left-handed against Portland. And Jerome Kersey was a pretty good defender. But the fact that he said he announced it, he told the media he's going to play left-handed against Portland. Uh, Kevin Garnett is getting a lot of attention. He's great in the Uncut Gems movie with Adam Sandler. He is really, really good. But he's getting a lot of attention because he's talking about the Celtics and the Heat rivalry back in the 2012 playoff series. He had this exchange with Bill Simmons on Bill's podcast. 2-2 at Miami Game 5. Celts win in Miami. And they're talking all kinds of to LeBron. Uh, You're trying to get in his head. You feel like you can break LeBron at this point. Uh, we broke LeBron. In game five. So get your ass out of here with that, all right? <laughs> you understand how you got to Cleveland, how you got the Miami bill? You remember That's that? That's true. You broke okay, them into so that remember that, all right? Fair so enough. Stop bringing that up, all right? Fair enough. So they was talking <laughs> to him, okay? The media and the league knew that they had an agenda in which we weren't part of the agenda. And that's how they ended up winning that series. Yeah, I said it. Do you think you pushed LeBron too far in Game 5? Because Game 6 far? is unbelievable. <laughs> you didn't get in the eye of the tiger. Pushed him too far? <laughs> Nothing? Man, listen, let me say something to you. The C's, we didn't give a about LeBron. We didn't feel LeBron, and we didn't think that he can beat all five of us. And that's how I felt. He was trying to consolidate because he didn't want the pressure on him. The agenda was Miami. He wasn't going to Miami to be like Cleveland. Wade did break Rondo's elbow tried and to. didn't even get he suspended. He tried to. He tried to. Oh. Remember he had the big Listen, listen bro. Yeah, listen, yeah. that's yeah. sensitive to all of us. That's Listen, a lot of people think that it's sports. If you had D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and LeBron over in this corner, you mm-hmm. had me, T.A., I'm just making these names up, maybe yeah. Paul and yeah. Rondo right here, it would be a what's up and it will be cool and respect, but it won't be any, like, fraternizing. It ain't going to really? be like, yo, how the family? It won't be none oh, of wow. that. No, it's real. We do, they don't f- with us. Forever, huh? Don't f- with them, but it's cool, though. Okay, how does Bill Simmons not call out Kevin Garnett saying LeBron couldn't beat all five of us? No kidding. Just listen. Just just take that right there. Just go, uh, you know what you just said, KG? LeBron couldn't beat you five. Remember, KG, when you were with Minnesota and you couldn't get out of the first round of the playoffs because it was just you? I don't think you broke LeBron. LeBron couldn't get anybody to go to Cleveland. Just like you couldn't get anybody to go to Minnesota. So a little revisionist history there with KG. Yes, yeah, KG and that Celtics team broke LeBron so bad he went to the next, the next eight NBA finals. Yes, they broke That's him. That's how they broken broke him. he was. They broke him. Couldn't go on. They, they broke him. The most annoying one championship team, the Celtics. Aside from the Bears. Yeah, the, oh, no. the Bears have to be out of there. They're so over. Bears the one, Cubs two. Uh, that Celtics team three. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you stick up for my team. Celtics. Hell of a defense at 85. KG, Hall of Fame player but and Hall of Fame trash talker. I'll, I'll bring back the story I love telling about KG. It really encompasses his personality. I have that for you coming up top of the hour in Patrick Show. During the season of giving, we'd like to offer you a little something special, and all we're asking in return is a few moments of your time. We need you to complete a short survey because your opinion matters to us and helps support the show. It'll only take a couple of minutes, and if you're one of the first people to do it, we'll give you a reward in return. Just go to podcast1.study, and everything will be right there for you. That's podcast1.study. The first 150 people to complete the survey will get a $10 gift card to Amazon.com. All of our shows are supported by advertisers, so filling this out will really help us. So please go to podcast1.study, and as always, thank you for supporting the show. And happy holidays from all of us at Podcast One. Napa know-how. 
Now at Napa, get a free Chase Elliott racing hat with any $25 purchase. Set of brakes? That'll cover it. New battery? Hat-worthy. Replacing an air filter? Then adding on wiper blades and headlamps just to break $25? Chase approved. So get what you need and a free Chase Elliott hat. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 331.20. 5-Hour Energy helps you get through your crazy on-the-go life. And now it comes in two great tropical flavors, strawberry banana and tropical burst. They're delicious and can transport you to a tropical paradise. Try them both, then vote for your favorite at 5hewin.com. You could be on the go to someplace you actually want to go. Offer ends 731.20. Terms apply. See www.5hewin.com for details. <laughs> 